Welcome. I'm your host, Fran Capo, the Guinness Book of World Records fastest talking woman. But don't worry, I'll be talking slow during this podcast. You're listening to Fran's World, a show about humor, hope, happiness, and fulfilling your dreams. On each podcast, I have a different guest from all over the world who are successful in their fields. Artists, scientists, quantum light healers, millionaires, adventurers, world wrestling champs, fellow world record holders, comedians, directors, TV show hosts, Emmy Award winning producers. You get the point. I love to catch them off guard and ask them questions that you've always wanted to ask and really get inside their minds of what makes them successful so you could apply it to your life. So sit back and enjoy today's Fran's World podcast. Adventure Girl. Welcome to Fran's World, a show about humor, health, happiness, and following your dreams. Can you believe it? It's a new season, and we're up to edition 31. Wow, we've done a lot. And with me, of course, is my dear, dear engineer, Matt. How you doing, Matt? Woohoo! I'm doing great. Everything's good. good. Yeah, it's good to be back, right? Yeah, it is. So, Matt, today I'm going to talk about how important it is to use humor in spite of fear and how important it is to put yourself in someone else's shoes before you speak out. Because I'm sure you've had it happen where somebody will just, like for me as a stand-up comic, someone will just go, oh, you're a comic. You just get up there and tell jokes. I'm like, yeah, right. That's all I do. You know, they have no clue, you know, if you're not in someone else's shoes sometimes what the person is going through. That's very true, you know, and and I think we as a society really need to just take a step back and say, you know what, let's see where the other person is coming from here. And maybe we can make their day a little bit better. Right. And not assume, you know, I remember hearing a story once about this guy that cut off somebody else and, you know, when they were going to the pharmacy and the other guy was so mad, like that guy cut me off and blah, blah, blah. And he didn't know that he had a sick baby at home and the guy was rushing to pick up the medicine. He just assumed the guy's being a jerk and cutting him off. Like you don't know why people are doing the things they do. So you need to get the full story before you start judging somebody. But today's show, I, I wanted like saying, talk about humor. I, so Matt, obviously, we've known each other for a long time. So you know all the crazy things I do, like skydiving, walking on fire, becoming the first person to zip line inside an active volcano. And by the way, you have not done these adventures with me. You have to do one. I, I really do at some point. It's, a, yeah. it's, a, you're it's like, on my bucket the, list. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, do, give me the easier ones, right? But people <laughs> yeah, always exactly. say to me, yeah, why? Why aren't you afraid? And I'm like, no, I am afraid. But once I've decided I want to do something and commit to it, I just say to myself, Capo, don't be a wimp. You said you're going to do this. Do it and no whining. So I want to tell you something that happened last night, Matt. So last night I was outside my house and I was talking to my son Spencer on the phone and my cats were outside with me. And you know, I have an enclosed area, but you, but it's still like you can feel the air, but it's just so the cats can't get out. So I'm never usually outside in the back at night on the phone. So I hear something while I'm talking to Spence, huge, like rustling in the bushes. And all of a sudden the cats go scrambling for the door to get inside. Now I know I'm in bear country and we also have mountain lions. So I go inside and I tell Steve, my husband, I say, Hey, see, there's something in the bushes out there. The cats get scared. They run in. So what does he say? Not, I'll go help you. He's like, well, go see what it is, right? <laughs> so, 
Yeah, that's the true man. No, I love him. He's, he's good. But he was watching Star Trek and he was not going to be interrupted. Anyway, so, so I still have Spencer on the phone. So I take a flashlight and I go outside. Meanwhile, the cats are now safe inside. So they're not going to be someone's meal. You know, of course, me, you know, uh, and I'm in the so-called secured area, you know, with the screens that have no locks, you know, secured area that, of course, a bear or, at, you know, whatever can't get in. So I'm checking to see, like, what beast is lurking out there. And I say to Spencer, you do know this is how all the women who get killed in horror movies go, right? They got to see, they got to know, you know? And he's like, yeah, go. Thanks, mom. And now I feel real comfortable, right? So all of a sudden, I hear this huge movement in the bushes again. And so I quickly put my flashlight there, only to find out, what do you think it was, Matt? Uh, UPS driver. No. <laughs> at 10 o'clock at night, that's some UPS driver. <laughs> no. It was our new sprinkler system. It was brushing up against the trees. Oh, wow. So here I am thinking it's something. But at that moment, my heart was racing because it's the unknown. You don't know what's out there or how bad they, the thing that's out there can hurt you. So your mind starts going crazy. But then I started thinking of our soldiers who fight every day out there with known enemies who they know have no good intentions, but they don't announce, hey, you know, listen, I'm gonna be over there at noon to try to shoot you. I mean, they're, they're coming there whenever you could be sleeping, whatever. So I really admire our soldiers. Uh, they, they leave their loved ones at home to protect the country and, them, and, and the people they love so that we could live in a free country, free, 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 not one right by dictators. And as a comic, you know, I've done many gigs in all branches. We've spoken about that. And I know you're a big supporter of the military too, Matt. That's right, that's right. Yeah. We, we, we always support our, uh, our military. Um, they are the reason why we are the country that we have right now. Exactly. So because of that, as a comic, I didn't want to just only perform for civilians. So I performed for, you know, the Marines in Okinawa, the National Guard in Long Island, the Army and Navy in the DMV zone. So and I've been honored with challenge coins, which I didn't even know what they were. I was like, is this my payment? I didn't even know that it's what a challenge coin was um, for entertaining the troops. And I also wrote a book honoring my dad. So with all that in mind, I'm really excited to interview my guest today, Sarah Cameron. Sarah is a mother of five grown children and lives in Nebraska farm with her husband. She is a semi-retired RN, active in Relay for Life, her church, and working to raise awareness for prevention of domestic violence and resources for victims and families. But today, I have her here on Fran's World because Sarah is the daughter of Robert Broderson, a World War II Army Air Corps B-17 pilot who luckily for all of us wrote a diary of his 37 missions over enemy-occupied Europe. So Sarah is promoting her father's book, Missions of War, which is his personal journal of all those missions. Sarah, you're welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much, Fran, for having me on. Um, I really appreciate that. Uh, we got my dad's book reprinted. He gave it to us for Christmas in 1982. And uh, he had kept a kind of a journal of his B-17 missions. He flew 37 over Europe. He flew out of England. And uh, we didn't really know too much about that until we read his journal. And then it's like, oh my gosh, we can't hardly believe all this that our father did. And 
Um, and uh, he told it in a humorous way too. So uh, we did have the book reprinted. It just, it was just kind of a, a loose leaf book and <clears throat> a lot of the cousins read it and everybody thought, well, we better get that maybe into a book someday. And finally, we're getting around to doing that. It's only uh, 40 years later. But <laughs> <laughs> Better late than never, as they that's, say. <laughs> that's right. So, but now the other cool thing is, so basically your dad comes home from the service. Well, how many brothers and sisters do you have? I have one brother and one sister. Okay, so none, none of you, like your dad didn't tell you stories when he came back, or did he? Um, you know, not a whole lot. Or maybe we were too young to really pay too much attention. We knew that he was a pilot, but we didn't really hear many of the other stories. So. Right. So until you got this book, you had no clue what he went through. Absolutely. And then all of a sudden you get this book at Christmas and you're like, whoa, dad, impressive. Right. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's right. Very proud of him. Mm hmm. And, and so I like that you had, did, so when you reprinted the book, like you're saying, cause he gave it to you like in a loosely form and now you had it printed into a real book form. Um, when, and I noticed both your name, your dad's name, Robert uh, Broderson and your name, um, Sarah Broderson Cameron is on the book. So did you alter the book in any way, like add a forward, like this was my dad or anything like that? Yeah, I did a um, pre-missions because he really didn't say what he did too much before he went to the service. And then I did a post mission, you know, to, to say what he did in his later life and stuff like that. So that's cool. So it, it's like both of you together. And I understand like right now, today in, in 2021, your dad would have been a hundred years old. Right. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. So perfect. this is a perfect time to be doing this. How long ago did he pass? Uh, it was in 2008. 2008. That's mm -hmm. um, that's a, the same time that um, my mom did. Um, so, but it feels like yesterday, you know, right. like you don't, it's because you, I still talk to her up in heaven, you know, it's like, Absolutely. mom, did you see yeah. this, you know, right. but so I want you to give everybody a description of the book Missions of War. Okay. Um, well, the part that my dad wrote, he um, told about when he first went into the they called it Army Air Corps, which is now the Air Force. But um, when he went in, he was selected to be a pilot. He had to kind of sign up to do that. Um, otherwise, you just go into the regular Army and then you say, well, I'd like to fly a plane. So they, they selected him to do some training. And he, um, that took a little while. And then eventually, they picked him and a crew and they got a plane in Kearney, Nebraska, and they flew it all the way to England. And Interesting. That was his yeah. first flight? Long right. Flight? First full flight. Yeah. Besides, well, they had done some training. And well, I hope did, so. Yeah. You know, no, yeah. just getting the plane. Yeah, you're, you're good. Yeah. Actually, they trained here in Nebraska, and the B-17 was a huge, it was called the Flying Fortress exactly, at the time. Yeah. And uh, he flew over his farm. And the chickens and everything went flying, and they, they thought maybe they were getting bombed. And they said, no, that's that Henri Bobby Broderson, they called him. Oh, that's so, funny. So he, yeah. he, he left a, a, um, an impression as he was heading out. Right. You know, 
And also the thing is like when someone reads, it's, it's different. Like, you know, when you grow up in school and you're reading in a textbook, you know, World War II, blah, blah, blah. And you know, the thing, but when you're doing a, a first person account and the person's really there, it's not a third person saying, you know, World War II was September 1st, 1939 to September 2nd, 1945, Hitler invaded Poland from the West, you know, and then just two days later, France and Britain declaring war on Germany began the war. This is like the real, and I think half people, half kids today probably don't even know when World War II was or why we were in it. And so if you have a journal that is being told by somebody who was actually there, that is really cool. And like you mentioned, the B-17 was called the Flying Fortress. It was the U.S. heavy bomber that it was the heavy bomber used during World War II. Right. I mean, that was the, the, you know, the creme de la creme at the time. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And then also in the book, his journal, he told about times when he wasn't flying, like, like they got to go to, to uh, London and spend the weekend and um, when the air raids would go off during the night in London and people would head for the, the subway and, and then he found out that so many people were just sleeping in the subway just to stay safe. And then he told about a couple of buddies. They found a couple of girls to spend the night with and the air raids would go off and boom, the girls disappeared and they were under the bed. <laughs> <laughs> and then, well, he, I like that he went into a lot of detail there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you're right. going, this is my daddy. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it was my daddy that was there or if, or if it really was a couple other buddies. But. <laughs> right, right. I know. Or buddies. Right. Exactly. Yeah. We're telling the stories. But you know, the, the, the funny thing is, because, you know, when you think of a soldier, usually people associate they're on the field of fighting, but obviously every second of the day, they're not doing that. So there is downtime. Like even when um, we performed on the bases, you know, they were training during the day and then we had the comedy show at night, but some others were still working on, on the different helicopters and, you know, and different things, you know, fixing it. And so there's a whole thing going on like 24 seven. Some people get to go off campus, as I call it, off the base and do their thing. So your dad was giving a real, this is what a soldier's life is like. Right. It, what the, pilot's life is, is the like. Pilot, because the people in the army, like my uncle Chuck, who he mentions in the book too, he was in a tank division, so he didn't really get much time off. But my dad did manage to find him, and they had a little reunion. Well, so that was a very special time. Where did so they? That, where did he find him? What do you mean? Like that was before D-Day. Well, he had to. Um, well, he actually had to be very sneaky about it because mm -hmm. you were um, got in trouble if you told somebody where. A, a military man was, you know, right, Europe, right, right. Just, yeah. yeah. So it could have, he could have been a German spy or something, you know, so. Exactly. What they say, loose lips sink ships, you know? That's right. That's yeah, right. exactly. I remember reading that on my friend's wall and I, at that, at that time I didn't get it. I go, I don't get it. What do you mean loose lips sink ships? <laughs> you know? And then she's like, hello. <laughs> you know? I was like, oh yes. Okay. You mean if you're talking, I get it. I get it. And you and your dad, I mean, it sounds like your whole family is all from Nebraska, right? Correct. Yes. Yeah. So, um, and then when he was finished serving, he came back to Nebraska? Yes, he did. He did. He, well, he ran a furniture store for a little while and then he started farming. But, you know, most of the vets that came back from World War II, unlike other wars, um, 
World War II folks were really treated as heroes, you know, and he wore his little army flight jacket and um, everybody, even I hear now, boy, I knew your dad when I was little and he was really something seeing him walking around in Herman and so. Anyway, oh, that's nice. They were yeah, so he became yeah. like a local hero and, you know, right. rightfully so because not everybody's willing to, you know, risk their lives you know, for a lot of unknown faces, but for a principle and for morality of what you have, of how you want a country to be. And, you know, these people are, some are enlisted, some volunteer, you know what I mean? They enlist, some are volunteer. It wasn't like a draft or was it? No, was it a draft during that war? Uh, well, no, he, he enlisted, but there enlisted, was a draft right? yeah. too. Yeah, there was a draft too. Yeah. And I don't think people realize like how many Americans died. I mean, there was 405,399 Americans died in World War II. This is mm -hmm. not a small war, you know, war. This is a mm -hmm. world war. 27 million Russians died. I mean, there was a lot of dead people from, you know, fighting for a cause. Mm -hmm. And so, and it's interesting because we're doing this, it's your dad's 100th birthday that's coming, you know, that's coming up. Um, but, and we have Memorial Day coming up, but the Memorial Day and Veterans Day are, are very different. So I want to talk to you, like, what ways do you think that people could continue to honor veterans? Well, I think... Um... I think continue to vote, <laughs> you know, just be good Americans, just good, be good citizens, do good stuff for each other. You know, I always think, I, I think of, you know, again, when I was talking before about putting someone in someone else's shoes, um, because, you know, there's things, I was reading a, an article popped up because I was saying on Memorial Day and they said, don't wish anyone a happy Memorial Day. It's a Memorial Day, you know, it's not Veterans Day. Don't thank the current troops. This was the, the advice. It said, don't disregard its importance. Don't forget it exists. And don't let politics keep you from rendering respect to the military. Thank you and the brave men and women who have made the ultimate sacrifice. This is how, you know, they're suggesting Memorial Day greetings. Let us remember those who courageously gave our lives. Join us as we remember and honor our heroes. Let's use today to count our blessings and stand proud and honoring the nation's heroes on Memorial Day. And they're saying the difference between Memorial Day and Veterans Day um, is that Memorial Day, we remember those who died while serving our country, but Veterans Day is intended to honor the service of all people who have worn armed services uniforms. Both days are important and both days apply to your dad. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, the, the saying, some gave all and all gave some, you right. know, that's... And that's very true, exactly. And um, so also you decided, I guess you and your brother decided now is the good time to publish it because it was his 100th birthday? Right, yeah. Better and now it, than never. Exactly. Well, 40 <laughs> years, you know, you don't want to wait 60. Yeah. Where can someone find it more about your book? Um, well, there is a website. It's called uh, Missions of War, Robert J. Broderson. And I think my name's on there too, Sarah Broderson Cameron. Or you can get it at Barnes and Noble, um, Amazon too, and Match Literary, obviously. Right. Thank you. Um, and I think Target has it. I saw. Right. So basically, if someone puts in missions, uh, missions of war, and right. they stick in your name, Sarah Cameron, right? Then right. the the book will come up. It should. Yep. Mm -hmm. Right. And then they could and they could buy the book. And it firsthand is always great. I love that. And 
the other thing I, I understand you also do volunteering and you have some events coming up. What are those? Oh, we have a relay for life of our Burke County area. And, um, you know, COVID kind of has wreaked havoc with our relays because we couldn't really get together last year. This year we're going to do it kind of in, uh, along with our Burke County fair. And, uh, we just, we'll be in the parade and we raise money for the American Cancer Society. I've actually done stand-up comedy at Relay, uh, Relay for Life events. I was doing comedy to get everybody uh, motivated when they were about to go out and run. Then I did the run with them, and then we came back and we cheered and everything like that. I did that at Long Island, so I'm familiar with Relay for Life. Oh, wonderful. So, we'll keep yeah. you in mind for our next Relay. That'd be there great. you go. So, uh, yeah, listen, I'm not going to say I'm going to be the fastest runner. I'm just going to say I could be there. <laughs> so... Well, but it's a you good know, cause. When, when you do Relay for Life, you don't have to, you don't even have to be able to walk to attend, you know, you can just be there. And if you buy Luminaria bags, um, you know, that, that just everything raises a little money and exactly. awareness. And then exactly. there's always uh, how to prevent cancer and stuff like that. And, and I've had, and I, in my family, because my mom and my dad both died of cancer. Uh, my sister had breast cancer. So oh. I definitely, my family has been touched by cancer. That's why I, I get involved with a lot of those things. I mean, I get involved with a lot of things for animals, for all different things that, you know, I just, I feel like, you know, what you put on this earth to try as many things as possible, be good to people and give back. And so I just feel like, you know, if you believe in something, then don't just give it lip service, actually do it. You know, well, that's wonderful. I, I agree with you 100%. And the more people that do that, the, the better world we'll have. Really. Exactly. So I mean, because mm -hmm. you just want to, you know, you want to be the good thing. You don't want to be the, the villain in the, in the story later <laughs> on in life. So right. again, the name of the book is Missions um, all of a sudden, I just, mission, uh, mission of, of mission war. of war. Uh, the name of the book is Mission of War. No missions, and, plural, plural. Missions, missions of war. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, missions yeah, of war. Why okay. do I have mission? Okay, that's missions right. of war. Many yeah. because there were 37 missions. It wasn't just right. one mission. It was 37 missions. And right. that's the other point. When they first went, they were supposed to do 30, 25, 25, and then after they'd done a couple, then they raised it to 30. And then after a, they didn't even get to 30 and they raced it to 35. So that was, that was very demoralizing. But <laughs> Oh yeah. Cause you think you're going home after 25 and then all of a sudden they get yeah, five more. And then you're yeah. like, okay, now I'm really going home. It's like, nah, we're going to get squeeze another seven out of you. Right. Yeah. Right. So yeah. How exhausting it must be for both family and, and the serviceman or woman that's in there, you know, not knowing for sure, A, if they're coming home, B, when they're coming home and missing everybody at home. Right, right. So, but yes. you have a great way to honor your dad. So again, check out um, Sarah Cameron's book, which was her dad's journal of the 37 missions he did as a B-17 pilot called Missions with an S, Missions of War. You can go to Amazon. You can Google her name. You could go to Match Literary. There's many ways to find this book. And if you're looking for a way to really, truly understand what a soldier goes through, what better way than out of the mouth and the pen of a soldier himself? So, Sarah, thank you so much for being on the show. And... We look forward to you having many, many sales and everybody reading your dad's book and, and your dad smiling at you from up in heaven. <laughs> thank so you very thank much. Thank you so much. And guys, that's it. You've been listening to Fran's World. We'll be back. Until then, create a good day. Adventure Girl.
Thanks for listening to Fran's World. Like us on Facebook and Instagram and tell your friends about us. The information on this show is relevant to the time of taping. If you have any questions or comments about the show, please feel free to email me at francapo.com. Until next time, remember, you control your world, and I thank you for pushing the button and spending time in mine.